Hey everybody, welcome once again to the football pandemic. Here we are this week, hitting the one-third mark of the season. We're going to spend some time talking about who's going to make the playoffs, which seven teams in each division, talking a little bit about fantasy, and a whole lot more. Stick with us. Hey guys, it's uh, good to have you all with us. We have three of our normals, Brandon Colmark, myself, and Joshua Haupt, but we also have uh, the the owner of Canto Sparks, Jacob Nelson, right? Jacob, it's nice to have you with us today. Uh, we are uh, at what Brandon so adequately called last week the one-third mark, right? Out of uh, 18 weeks, when you put the bye week in there, we're at uh, week six. And so this week, we're going to do our first round of who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to fill those seven spots AFC, who's going to fill those seven spots NFC. And then we're going to talk some about uh, matchups coming both fantasy and regular, uh, as well as some Homer highlights uh, as we go through. So we're going to start today with some uh, breaking or not so breaking news. This week in the not so breaking news, we have learned that Brandon Harris is in fact a loser, but that Brandon Colmark still loves him. And uh, I would assume that that is the news. Uh, we we don't have a whole lot of breaking news this week, if I, if I remember correctly. Uh, so instead of the breaking news, let's jump right into what happened in week six. And uh, Josh, why don't you lead us in what happened in week six? Uh, Arizona, the Cardinals are still undefeated, and they, they played without Cliff Kingsbury, um, their head coach, and they still seem like they're dominating either way. He was on the COVID list, is that right? I believe so, yes. All right. And so they, they got the win anyway. Who did they play this last week? I can't remember. Cleveland, I believe. And that's not a slouch game. That's not like, oh, this is a bad team. Uh, good job, Arizona, being the only undefeated team. Let's see if they make our playoff scenarios when we get down to those. What else is going on? In London at 8.30 a.m. for us, uh, Jackson and Jacksonville and Urban Meyer played and finally got a win. Yeah, I believe it wasn't by a whole lot. Am I correct? Was it a kick that won it? Yeah, last second time running out game winning field goal. But it is a win for Mr. Urban Meyer and Mr. Trevor Lawrence. And maybe all of that bad blood and swirling chaos begins to settle down if winning starts to happen. Because like they say, winning changes everything. So we'll see what happened. Urban got himself a win, got himself a little stay of execution for now. And we'll see where Jacksonville goes. Uh, I It's tough because I don't want to see them win a lot in our division, but I also don't want them to get the first overall pick again. So they've got to win some. Might as well start now. We also saw that Vegas proved they didn't need one resigned John Gruden to win. Uh, did you expect that, guys? Who did they play, first of all? Vegas played... We played Denver. Denver. Did you expect it going into the week? Yeah, I mean, Derek Carr has been playing really well. Defense has been all right, but just against the Denver team that started 3-0, they lost their last two, kind of surprised against Pittsburgh. I didn't expect them to win. I kind of, I didn't expect Denver to win. I kind of expected them to be at the same position they were against Pittsburgh, where it was like, they're playing all right, but they're not enough to win. And I thought I ex- expected Las Vegas to come out with a win. Yeah, this uh, I see this as they've been working as long as their coordinators were there to say, you know, we've been scouting this already. We've been working on this. I don't see the drop off happening yet. If there is going to be a drop off, uh, we'll see. I do. I do have this feeling every year that the Raiders are going to start great and drop off. The, they didn't yet. And against Denver, I think I expected them to win also. So that was week six in the NFL. There were some other things that uh, that happened in the games. Um, 
Most notably, uh, the Colts beat some stiff competition in the Texans, like 30-something to three. So that was that was worth noting. Uh, we're going to go ahead, though, and talk about uh, we are at the one-third mark. Right, Brandon? Yes, sir. And because of that, we are going to line up who we think are going to make the playoffs. There are seven teams from the AFC, seven teams from the NFC, and today we're going to do our first installment. And we're going to do this at every third of the season, uh, roughly. We might do the last one a little bit before. We won't wait till every team is already in to say, here's who we think (laughs) will make it. Uh, But what we'll do is we'll do one now. We'll do one roughly at two-thirds, and then we'll do one maybe three weeks later, you know, as we're we're getting close. Uh, But there's still some drama, maybe the week before, uh, if there's a lot of drama that goes right to the last week. But first installment today, uh, and I'm going to have Brandon Colmark uh, take us all through this, and we can all say who we think will make these playoffs. Yeah, so our process that we'll do today is very similar to what we've been doing in every other category. In this section, I'm going to call out the NFC and then the AFC, And I'm going to say the NFC North, and then we'll all state who we think is going to win the North, the South, et cetera. Let's start in the greatest and most historic division in NFL football, the NFC North, with my homer team, the Green Bay Packers, who I think is going to win the division. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, besides the Vikings, maybe the Bears, the division is like, it's a clear winner. Just like every year, Packers are going to win. If anything is close, it's going to be the Vikings. I, uh, I said when I was picking this, uh, unfortunately, I think it'll be the Packers. And Brandon got after me for saying unfortunately first. Uh, and uh, I, I told him I don't like to pick on, pick on people's favorite teams. I'm, I'm having a harder time with Aaron Rodgers this year. But the truth is, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in that division. That is the best team in the division. Even though they had that crazy first week where people got freaked out, I think there is no chance that anyone besides the Packers wins that division who might fight for a wild card spot. That's something to debate, but I think the Packers have the North. All right, let's move on to the NFC South. I have the Buccaneers winning their division uh, pretty handily. Yeah, I completely agree. Just the way they're playing and how the other teams have either stayed steady with either losing or winning close games or dropped off like the Panthers. I completely agree. The Buccaneers are winning on a landslide. I think the Saints and Panthers, again, might be somebody you see looking at wildcard spots, but I think the Buccaneers have that mindset, one, of Tom Brady that is, okay, we won last year, but that doesn't mean we let up, uh, which a lot of Super Bowl winning teams can end up kind of crashing the next year. I don't think that'll happen with the Bucks because I think they look at Tom Brady differently and follow him unquestioningly, and I think he leads them in the right way. And so I think the Buccaneers, even if they have a bump or two along the way, Uh, They're just steady enough. They're strong enough. Tom Brady's putting up great numbers as though he's in his 20s, and uh, I think they will win that division. The NFC East, I also think this is another clear walkaway with the Dallas Cowboys. I actually don't. I actually think the football team, I'm just kidding, Cowboys are going to win easily. (laughs) It's funny that you say that because at the beginning of this uh, season, I really, really uh, wanted the Washington football team to come out and be the winners. Uh, I wanted the Cowboys to have so much dysfunction coming back after, you know, Dak was off of his injury. They'd find out, oh, everybody's not on the same page. But unfortunately, they are on the same page. They're looking tough. Uh, they're looking mm-hmm. hard to beat. The Eagles better. The Eagles have had some up and down. The Giants have had all down. I see the Cowboys taking this one. All right. The NFC West, our last division in the NFC, uh, I have the Cardinals winning this division. I have currently right now, I also have the Cardinals, but 
like we saw last season when they started like six and two or something and they completely fell off to a Kyler Murray injury and something with coaching, but I can see the Rams taking it. But right now I feel like the Cardinals are taking it. Yeah, this, uh, this is a good one uh, because uh, I as well have the Cardinals and the Rams are a really tough team and they're no slouch. Uh, that really could fall to anybody, but uh, I have to, at this point, at the first third, I have to look at the games that have been played, and the Cardinals have been winning, and winning impressively, not just squeaking by. They've been, they've been putting points on the board, and so far nobody's figured out how to stop them. And Seahawks, you know, with uh, Russell Wilson hurt, I think they're going to lose more games than they can in that tough division to even be considered. Right now, it's between the Cards and the Rams for me, but at the one-third point, I'm going Cardinals. I reserve the right to switch that without any hard feelings uh, when we come to the second third, depending on how the Cardinals have do- are doing. Yeah, so now we're out outside of our, our division blinders, and we're looking at three wildcard teams. I am going to point out all of us think that the current leaders of their division is going to win their division. Uh, so that's another stat we can track. In this wild card scenario, what I'm going to do is I'm going to state who I think is going to be wild card five, six, and then seven. And I'm going to do it in that order. So I think the fifth wild card is going to be the Rams. As Matthew had just stated, they're way too dominant of a team not to be considered for this spot. My sixth spot, I'm actually going to give to the Minnesota Vikings. They've looked fairly decent this season. It's kind of like last season where they were very close in all of their games. And they've started to change a couple things to kind of kick up their ante. And I think they can do that the rest of the season, not against the Packers, uh, but against all the rest of their teams that they play uh, to squeak into a six wild card spot. And then I have my seventh spot reserved for Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints. I also have my fifth seed as the Rams. But this is a Rams team if they don't win the division. that They are going to be like one of the surprising teams that take the wild card spot and make it all the way to the championship. And that's how good they are. But for my sixth team, I have the Saints in the seventh seed. I have the Vikings. But I almost put the Falcons just based off the schedules that the Vikings and the Pal- and the Falcons play. If the Falcons can tune it up just a tiny bit, the way the teams they play, they play Jacksonville, Miami, and New England. I can feel I can see them maybe getting that spot if the Vikings fall off. Wow, Falcons! Uh, they hardly have been in the conversation for a long time. Uh, nice to hear their names mentioned. I started with the Rams also in Wild Card Five. And uh, I, I went different. I went with the Panthers for the sixth seed um, or the, the wild card spot uh, because I think Sam Darnold is growing. I think that team is growing. And I think the, the, the Vikings beat them this last week. Isn't that right? Vikings beat the Panthers. Yeah, in overtime. Super close. I think the, the Panthers are going to continue growing, continue getting more dangerous. And the Vikings, I think, will somehow find a way to fall to the next spot. Uh, they, they, they picked up my seventh wild card spot in that division. So Rams, Panthers, Vikings are what I have. All right. Moving on to the AFC North, South, East, and then West going to the, the AFC North. I have the Ravens having this division, even though coming into the season, I might've thought the Browns would take their division right now with Baker Mayfield out. I don't really see that happening. Uh, so I have the Ravens winning this division. I also have the Ravens, but remember the, um, Bengals play the Ravens this Sunday to decide the number one seed for the North, like after this week. But so that can change everything. But right now I have the Ravens. If the Ravens hadn't made such a crazy comeback against the Colts uh, and put up such gaudy numbers for Lamar Jackson, I would be having a harder time with this. But the Ravens, they can turn it on. 
and come back in a heartbeat. And it's unfortunate. That was probably as much a collapse for the Colts. But let's not lie, the Ravens have looked tough against most of the teams they've been up against. Uh, so I went with the Ravens. I would love to see the Bengals. I would love to see the Bengals. By the way, I would just mm-hmm. like to point out that it is Bengals, not Bengals. I hear a lot of people say Bengals when they talk about this team. That was a band from the 80s. Um, had the Man- yeah. Monday song. The Bengals, though, I lived very close to them when I lived in Indiana. Uh, we would actually uh, go to their games more often than I would get to go to Colts games, which was unfortunate. So I do know a little bit about the Bengals. And they were the first ones, the, was it who dat? And then uh, the Saints decided to start saying who? No, they, the Saints are who dat. Uh, the Bengals are who day. And it was first. It was a long time ago. They were who day, who day, who do they think they're going to beat the Bengals? And then all of a sudden the Saints are like, uh, who dat? That's that's the phrase, who dat? And I'm like, come on, Saints, be original. But anyway, all this to say, Ravens winning that one. I'm going to let Matthew stay as the host on this next section to talk about his division in the AFC South. I appreciate this pain you give me as I vote <laughs> for the Tennessee Titans. Again, I hate the Titans. I love the Colts. I had high, high hopes for the Colts this year, but the Colts statistically have proven me wrong. We've only won two games out and and lost four out of six. So I can't with good faith say the Colts are going to win that division. They would have a long way to go. They've lost to the Titans. Uh, Plus the Titans look tough. Uh, I was really surprised that the Titans beat the Bills the other day. I thought the Bills were going to pull that one out. I didn't expect it to be so close. Uh, the Titans are one of those teams that confuse me because you can see them like beat someone like the Bills and be like, wow, they looked really strong. And then you can see them lose to the Jets and be like, what in the world happened there? But every team has its slip up. I think the Titans are too far out ahead in this AFC South that looks pretty putrid to lose that. I do see the Colts coming back and you'll hear more about the Colts later. But unfortunately, this Colts fan is picking the Titans to win that division. I am also sticking with the Titans. They can come kind of disappoint you one seat one week and then another week, but then they completely like re-rise their stock, I guess you can say, and beat the Bills are like the best team in the AFC, and they're like they're they're back per se, and that's what they did, and I feel like they're going to continue that. Yeah, as a division, you never want to be labeled uh, quite like the NFC East from last year, but I think the AFC South is pretty close to that. Uh, any t- any one of these teams at any point can be considered a disappointment. But in my opinion, the Titans are just slightly less of a disappointment. And if they get things going uh, with Derrick Henry, the game's over. So I, I have the Titans in this division as well. No hard feelings, Matthew. Understood. Josh went through it last year and his whole life. He knows. He knows the struggle. I, yeah. I think last week, uh, now not this week since the Colts and the, well, the Jags are probably still down there, but I think it was like three of the bottom six were AFC South, including the Jags. Um, the Texans and the Colts because they were one and four and zero and five. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know if that's changed. I haven't looked this week, but that's a sad place to be. And that, that tells you your division is a stinker. Yeah. Speaking of uh, a potential another stinker division, except for just one team every season, it's not like the NFC North or anything. We have the <laughs> AFC East. This year it looks like that not stinker team is going to be the Bills and maybe the Patriots. Uh, the, it's a division filled with just young quarterbacks. Josh Allen, how, how many seasons has he played now? What is he on his fifth, fourth? Three or four, something like that, yeah. Yeah, third or fourth season. 
Uh, Patriots have a rookie. The Jets have a rookie. The Dolphins have a second-year quarterback. I think it's safe to say this is the youngest quarterback division. With Josh Allen leading it, I think Josh Allen and the Bills easily take this division. Yeah, I agree. Bills, I think this, the Bills take this division easier than I would say the Cowboys take the NFC East, honestly. Yeah, the Bills, Bills are winning this one. And, uh, you know, I, I really... It's crazy to me that I find myself rooting for the Patriots uh, this last week when Patriots were playing Cowboys. I was watching Bill Belichick thinking, Bill, pull this out, beat those Cowboys. I don't know what it is I have against Cowboys because I used to hate the Patriots so bad, that rivalry between the Colts and the Patriots. And yet I find myself wanting Bill to exonerate himself as a coach. So it's not just Tom Brady who has all the glory once they split up. Unfortunately, it's not happening, uh, if only by a little bit. Uh, I think they're on the right path, though. Mac Jones with uh, their offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniels, uh, they're looking better and better, and I think Mac Jones is exactly what they need. They will get that together, but I think the Bills, like the Titans, are just too far out in front. Now, a very interesting division coming up next with the AFC West with kind of an expectation at this point of the season, I don't think a lot of people could have predicted. If I told you that the AFC West was going to have the two-time Super Bowl attending Kansas City Chiefs very last in their division, no one would bet on it. I guarantee it. No one would bet on it because you never want that bet. But the Kansas City Chiefs, the third of the way of the season, are last in their division, being led by the Los Angeles Chargers, who I think is going to win the division. And I said before this before coming into the season, now with Brandon Staley as their head coach, as a very defensive-minded head coach, and Justin Herbert able to keep his team in games, as he did so often last season, uh, this is a team not to be slept on. You want to prepare for them every week, and you have to figure out how to either stop Justin Herbert or cut through a killer defense. Uh, and so far, there's not been a lot of successful teams that have done that. I agree. Chargers are going to take this one. And on it, like like you said, the Chiefs so we're all surprised to last. But I honestly don't even see them getting better than third in their division. That's just how bad they're playing and how bad their defense is right now. I, I picked the Chargers. This is the scariest pick for me. Uh, because unlike Josh, I think the Chiefs will come back. Well, okay, let me say this. I think the Chiefs can come back. I don't think they will. I think they can uh, they also could have all of those interceptions that uh, almost happened last year happen this year. They could have the defense totally let them down this year beyond what Patrick Mahomes is able to come back each week. They could end up at the very bottom. I just don't have a lot of faith in Raiders or Broncos. Uh, so I do see them somehow coming back to second. Uh, but I think the Chargers are going to win this, and we'll see what happens with wild card here in a minute. Yeah, so our three wild card teams, we're going to go orders of five, six, and seven. Like Matthew was just saying, I don't see the Chiefs being a dud for the next two-thirds of the season. I think they will come back, but not enough to win their division, just enough to kind of slide into that fifth wild card spot. After that, I have the Browns, and that really is uh, Baker Mayfield pending. I don't know who else I would put there at this moment. Uh, maybe the Colts, maybe not. Uh, but I have the Browns, and then I like the Raiders filling in that last one. We talked about uh, last week, how the Raiders are just kind of always on the bubble of making playoffs and not making playoffs, uh, just like the Colts are every year. But I like the Raiders to come back. They they have a new mindset now with their new interim head coach. Expect to see some good stuff through the rest of the season with them. I'm actually switching mine up, and I'm going to be. I'm going to. I have the Bengals at four, and I feel like this might be the first year, the first time ever that the Bengals actually get a text text message sent that they won a playoff game. 
and have it be true and have, and it, have be it be true. true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have five at Browns. Like, like Brandon was saying, it depends on if, uh, how fast Baker Bayfield gets back. But currently I have them at five and I don't have the chiefs at number six. I mean, at number seven, I have the, uh, the Raiders, they played well without Gruden. And like, like you were saying, I feel the mindset is completely different where everybody's focused now. And they're not going to have a slouch off or a drop off like they did the last couple of years with Gruden. They're going to have a, a rise, I guess, or at least a stability where they make it to the playoffs at seven. I, uh, I went ahead and put the Chiefs at number five just because I'm not yet ready to take that bet against Patrick Mahomes. Even all that stuff I said earlier, I think the Chiefs are going to come back and they're going to end up with that highest wild card spot. I do think the Bengals will make it this year. Uh, in the number six spot. And I'm excited about that. Like you said, uh, the teams that kind of are around there, the Browns, you guys have all mentioned, uh, I think they're going to run into some hard times here without Baker. And uh, it may be just enough to cost them more than they wanted to get into those playoffs. And then lastly, and this may be a bit of a homerism, I'm putting the Colts. Uh, I'm doing that because I think they're stronger than their record looks. The record is the record. What was it John Madden said? You are what your record says you are. Uh, but they were within three points of beating the Rams. And then uh, Carson Wentz had to go out and Jacob Eason came in and gave that one away. Just gave them the, the game. Uh, they were also uh, in strong command of the Ravens and, and they broke down. But I think they're going to be getting more and more solid as they go. I think we're going to see more wins, especially since they had the meat grinder. Everyone at the beginning of the season said the first five games are going to be hard to win, even if they have Carson Wentz uh, and he practiced with them and they have Quentin Nelson and they have Braden Smith. You know, all, If we had everything, people wondered if we would win any of those first five games. Uh, we didn't have any of that stuff, but now people are starting to get healthy and come back. Uh, Carson Wentz is starting to look like who they wanted him to look like in Indy. Jonathan Taylor is looking amazing. Michael Pittman is looking great. So uh, I think the Colts come back and the last half of their season looks a lot stronger. Now, will it will it result in playoff wins? I don't know, but I think they get there. <laughs> I win in your face. Yeah. How do you like them apples? Go! All right. Let's talk a little bit about our home teams, our homer highlights here. And I feel like we started with the Packers last week. Didn't we start with the Packers last week? We started with the Washington football team last week. Okay. Well, then we will start with the Packers this week. And uh, this week, uh, Brandon has assured us that it will last less than 15 to 18 minutes on the homer highlights here. You can check out my solo podcast for a full 90-minute breakdown of this past week. Uh, but due to unpopular demand, I did shorten uh, my Packers stuff this week. And for a couple reasons. Uh, the first one is we all know Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. Someone changed it on Wikipedia. It's it's all over all over the internet. Uh, and the, it kind of spurred from he had mentioned that he ran the ball in for a touchdown in the corner of the end zone. And then he looked up and he just saw a sea of Bears fans giving him the middle finger. And his response was, I still own you. Which, I mean, between Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, there's not a team that owns the Bears more than those two quarterbacks. Uh, and as Aaron had mentioned on the Pat McAfee show yesterday, he, he corrected himself. He said, sorry, it's, it's not me that owns you. It's the Packers organization and the fans that own you. First of all, um, that was a that was a total. Uh, I'm going to try and make up PR stuff here. I apologize. 
uh, he meant I own you. Let's just be real about it. He meant I own you. And the truth is, it is Aaron Rodgers. It's not the Packers organization. It's not the fans. It is Aaron Rodgers. And when Aaron Rodgers is gone, I don't think the owning will be quite as strong. So we'll just start there. Secondly, did he do a discount double take just before he owned them? Did he do the discount double take and then (laughs) say, I own you? Robert Quinn on the play before had sacked him and had done the discount double check on top of Aaron Rodgers. The very next play, he runs in, runs in the end zone. Uh, Don't disrespect it. There there's highlight reels on YouTube. You can look it up. The disrespect is real. And then Rodgers comes back strong. It really (laughs) is a double check. It is. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't get to watch that game. Uh, I didn't get to watch the Colts game this week, which is crazy. We'll talk about that later. I ended up having to be on the road. So I didn't get to see anything but the highlights. So I didn't see the the play before where the discount double check in his face had happened. But uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Uh, did you guys see like what when he said, I still on you? Do you guys see like the full, I guess, the script? Or I guess you said what he fully said. Yeah. All my life, I own you. I still own you or something like that. I think he said the F word somewhere in there, but... <laughs> And you, you wonder why we all love Aaron Rodgers so much. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it's been a very good week so far. This is my favorite, favorite game to win every year, both times. Most of the time, that's what happens. Uh, and it's always such a good week because I grew up around Bears fans. Not a lot of Vikings fans, but mostly Bears fans who would all just throw it in my face and they talk crap all the time, and then they go dead silent. Yeah. And it's always the ref's fault. Something I did not expect Green Bay to be known for this season was having the number one graded inside linebacker in the NFL. And I think if you asked any professional in the NFL, they also would have told you that's not going to happen. But Green Bay brought in a veteran from Arizona named Devondre Campbell. And currently, according to Pro Football Focus, with a minimum of 20 snaps played this season. He is ranked number one. And on every snap played, he is ranked number two, only because one person that had played four snaps is ranked above him. But I don't count those four snaps. 20% of snaps seems like a fair fair argument for that. He's ranked number one. Uh, David Bakhtiari is back at practice this week. I don't expect him to play this weekend against the Washington football team. I think Green Bay is going to take that injury a bit more precautiously. If you remember, he was injured in practice just as Green Bay was entering the playoffs last year. We definitely missed him in the playoffs. Uh, Green Bay's offensive line right now is looking weak, uh, but it's not anything that I don't think Matt LaFleur has been able to handle at the moment. Uh, And with some of these guys starting to come back stronger, expect this Green Bay offense to take off more. I know we haven't had the same offense that has looked like we've had last season, but we've also had significantly weaker men on our offensive line. Uh, My last point this week is... Josh knows the Washington football team will be traveling to Green Bay, a game I'm looking forward to watching, not only because I think Green Bay can win this game, also not only because Fitzmagic might be back, question mark, but this is the game where Green Bay is going to be wearing their throwback 1950s uniforms for the first time since 1950. The green uniforms with the gold lettering looks very clean, very crisp. I have one of those jerseys and I will be wearing it on my couch watching Green Bay. I, uh, I just want to say before moving on to the Colts, um, the I own you to the Bears. I can understand why you like that. I remember when Pat McAfee was doing the draft and he was in Tennessee and he uh, said the Colts were on the board and he basically said the Colts have owned you 
Of course, now they're owning us. That's not as fun. But yeah, going to the Colts and their homer highlights for this week, a few things I want to point out. First of all, we won our second game, but it was against the highly touted Texans, right? Uh, so yes. not not as exciting as as it may seem to, to win 30-something to three. But it is good to get a win. It is good to see Jonathan Taylor do so great. It is good to see Carson Wentz do so great and Michael Pittman. What's not good to see is Paris Campbell, the one who got that first 51-yard bomb TD, going to be out for some time with a significant foot injury. Guy's always been injured. He has such speed. He has such talent. He has such potential. But he's always injured, and I, I just hate to see him injured again. Um we are playing the 49ers this week, so it will be a stiffer defensive test. But the good thing is uh, uh, there, there have been reporters talking to DeForest Butner, and they ask him, is there anything different about this game? And he said, is it more personal? Yeah, it's more personal if you want me to say that. It is. And so it's going to be fun to watch him get in there and try and kill Jimmy Garoppolo a few times on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, hopefully, uh, I believe they're, uh, when you look at expert picks, the Colts are – one of the teams people are picking to upset this week, if you call that an upset over the 49ers, uh, looking to get our third win. That's the Homer highlights for the Colts. What about the Washington football team? For the game, um, Jim, like what I like see, what I saw that I liked was Jaden McKissick. He had, I think, a, a close to or if not 100 total scrimmage yards receiving and, and running with uh, Gibson kind of injured with a, um, I think it was a hamstring or a quad injury, something like that. What I also like was the first half defense. We had a fumble and two interceptions on, although two, those interceptions could be said that they shouldn't even happen. One of them was deflected off Tyreek Hill's, um, Tyreek Hill's hands right into Kendall Fuller's arms. And the other one was like at the end of the half, just a random throw that Patrick Mahomes threw up and pretty much threw him the air, like five yards or something that we picked off. What I didn't like seeing definitely the second half defense. We got, we didn't score anything and we let up 20 points and lost the game. It seems to me um, like you say that every week. I didn't like the second half defense. Well, I don't like the, I didn't like the defense at all until, I mean, for every game prior <laughs> until the first half, like they played all right in the first half I and mean, they got a couple sacks, a couple turnovers. They didn't do anything in the second half. And I also didn't like the offense. I mean, they, they just couldn't move the ball at all. During that game, Sean Taylor's number was retired finally. I mean, it should have happened like three or four, maybe even a year after he was he got shot. But the whole problem with it, I think of it is, is although they say, they say, the reporters say that alumni, it was the homecoming game, so it was the alumni week, but the alumni say that if this is already planned, et cetera, et cetera, but if it's already planned, why don't you just announce it when it's planned, you know, like in three or four inspired because you're having trouble, you know, the FedEx field is having trouble filling capacity because of how the bad team's doing and, of course, with Dan Snyder. But, like, you want to fill these seats. And if you announce it three months prior, you're going to fill that stadium almost full with everybody wearing a Sean Taylor jersey, if not some, some, sort, some sort of, like, homage, like a, the towel that they gave out that went to charity or whatever. But they announced it four or five days prior, and people are scrambling to get these tickets, wear their jerseys, et cetera, where they barely have any time. And what my biggest problem with it is, why announce it now, like I said, but you announce it now just to cover up all these email scandals that you've had. It's just, it's all stupid. You know I mean? Should have been, should have his number been retired? Yes. But should have been, should have been planned better? Yes. Um, Dustin Hopkins was released finally this year, I mean, this, this morning. Um, <laughs> that's another positive. But um, funny thing is, we signed a kicker from our practice squad. Last name is Blewett. <laughs> I've heard of that guy before. Blew it. That's, that's a great last yeah. name for a kicker. And he blew it. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be so many memes. More memes than Dustin Hopkins missing it if uh, if Blewett misses. But um, when uh, Brandon said that Fitzpatrick might be coming back, I looked it up, and 
Um, Taylor Heineke is starting in Washington. I read the article. The article says title is Taylor Heineke grew up a Green Bay Packers fan, and now he's hoping to beat the Packers on Sunday, which I don't think it happens as much as Brandon's looking forward to this game. I'm not looking forward to it at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is uh, that's kind of what's going on with our teams. I'm sure some of you out there have different teams. I hope you've had some highlights in your week. We're going to go on to our fantasy results. We're going to look at our fantasy teams that we're a part of. Look at how the voting uh, that we've been doing and that you guys have been doing uh, is going at this point. Brandon, going into this. I want to I want to welcome our our special guest on this podcast. Uh, we have the owner, general manager, head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, uh, and, water personnel, <laughs> and water boy, and water boy. Also, serial expert, uh, Minnesota man, but Green Bay fan, uh, Jacob Nelson in Woo-hoo! our podcast today. Welcome, Jacob. Welcome. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. Quite the, quite the intro there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Long-time listeners of this podcast know uh, Canto Sparks is kind of a, a new name in our Fantasy Football League, and he kind of has taken our Fantasy Football League by Sparks. By Ooh, Sparks. There we go. He's done exceptionally well for himself so far this season, having one of the highest-scoring teams, uh, and I only look forward to beating him once again in the last week of our our season moving into this Jacob has also participated in quite a bit of fantasy results. So we will go over our results. Like we usually do. We'll do the weekly ones and the overall ones. Uh, We had the most diverse amount of scorings that happened this week. We have two and four records all the way to two people that went undefeated. Only one person, only the NFL, only one person. Yeah. By the way, while you're restarting and looking up, I'm going to take this opportunity right now. I have to throw a penalty marker on Jacob McCormick. Jacob McCormick, uh, illegal taunting has been called upon you. Uh, I've noticed it now through several weeks of the of the uh, season. Uh, I've held the back, you know, let the people play. Uh, but when you uh, when you jumped on uh, Brandon Harris and you said, oh, oh, could they have pulled it out? How could they have pulled it out? Why didn't they pull it out if they could have won? I recognized your strong, sarcastic taunting, and I actually threw the yellow flag. Jacob McCormick, you have been flagged. All right. Going into fantasy results this week, uh, we have two and four with Tristan Thomas, three and three with Brandon Colmark, Brandon Harris, and Jacob Nelson, four and two with Matthew, who just threw a flag on Jacob McCormick <laughs> five and one with Abigail still killing it. And then we had two six and O predictions, the NFL favorites and everyone that Josh picked. So I don't know <laughs> if there was a correlation there, Josh, but no uh, congratulations for being our, our first person to go six and O undefeated this week. Ooh. I think last season it only happened twice. Uh, we have our overall scores for everyone that's participated so far. Uh, I am still hanging on there. <laughs> I am not out of this race yet. I am at 16 and four at the very bottom of the pack. 16 and 14. What? Oh, yeah. Sorry. My apologies. I wanted to make my record much better than I perceived it. <laughs> so I will not say my record again, but Matthew has given you the correct one. <laughs> 17 and 13, we have Jacob Nelson. 19 and 11. This is where separation started to happen. There's a two game, two game lead. We have. Matthew and Abigail. And then the NFL and Josh are sitting on top of the world right now. Vaulted at to the 20 front. and 10. Whew. Yeah, well, what was that yeah. last week? What was that last week? You were not oh, at the man. top. I'll tell you that. 14 and 10, second place. 
Yeah, Matthew, I hope you enjoyed your week on top. Josh is coming for you, and he's worse than Dan Campbell. He's not going for the kneecaps. He's going for the head. I know. That's all I have for our Fantasy Rewind this week. So let's jump from there to our predictions for this coming week, uh, the uh, fantasy predictions. I will say this as we get into these fantasy predictions. I just saw a breaking news that Antonio Brown went from healthy to questionable. So maybe that will uh, change some of your... uh, some of your um, picks, but let's go ahead and look at our fantasy predictions. All right. So just like we did last week, I'll announce both teams. I'll give the NFL favorite and then I'll randomly select an order for us to pick from. And if there's discrepancies, we may discuss. So we have our first one. We have the sauce versus Tyreek and havoc who the sauce just acquired a new quarterback that I'm very excited about that put him as the NFL favorite after that trade went through and that quarterback went to that starting position, the NFL now favors the sauce. I'm going to start with myself. I think I'm going to win and I'm also going to let Josh say who he wants to win. And then we'll go Matthew and Jacob. Who I want to win is me, but who I think is going to win is the sauce just because of how up and down my players have been the last three or four weeks. So last week, did you pick yourself? You didn't, did you? I think I did. Because I'm 6 0. I did. I'm going to, uh, again, I'm going to pick you when you doubt yourself. I, I'm going Tyreek and Havoc here. Kyler Murray's still better than David Carr, especially when Kyler Murray's going against Houston, who is a dumpster fire uh, on defense. They made Carson Wentz look amazing last week. Uh, Jonathan Taylor looked great. I think he will continue that. Uh, looking down through there, I, uh, since I, I'm different than you two, I'm just telling you a little bit about why uh, I think Panthers going against New York Giants is also going to be better than the Raiders against Philadelphia. That's just to mention a few of, of what I see there. The, the, the last big thing is the sauce has Tyler Lockett, supposed to, to get about 13 points, but he has Geno Smith thrown to him, and I think that changes things. So uh, I went with uh, Tyreek and Havoc. I went uh, Tyreek and Havoc as well. Woo! I think, uh... I think Tyreek is going to have uh, an up week this week and uh, outdo the sauce. Uh, but the fun name between that matchup is uh, we're having the sauce havoc. <laughs> now moving on. I like, to, I like, uh, I like havoc sauce. Havoc sauce is something havoc I, like sauce. To, I like to put on noodles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll go with havoc sauce for this matchup is shortened. Moving on to run CMC and the Reich stuff, which I'm going to call uh, run stuff, which is a football <laughs> term. There you go. This matchup, the NFL favors the Reich stuff. I also favor the Reich stuff, and I don't think I need to explain why. What do you got, Matthew, Josh, and then Jacob? Okay, well, uh, I also picked the Reich stuff. I, w- I did just mention before uh, that Antonio Brown just went questionable. Not sure why. Haven't read the report, but I think he could be back, and if not, uh, we'll have to see what we've got on the bench. But I'm still, even though it's only like a couple points, uh, the the NFL's prediction, uh, I think, is like 0. 0.5, uh, 0. 0.54, or something like that. Uh, I'm still going the Reich stuff. Uh, Run CMC has unfortunately underperformed pretty much all year, and I anticipate him doing it again. This is the week, though, that I no longer have Josh Allen because he's on a bye week. So we've got Ryan Tannehill against Kansas City's defense. If there's a defense Ryan Tannehill can put up a lot of points against, I would hope it's this. I thought that against the Jets, though. He didn't look so great there. He did great against the Bills. I wouldn't have thought so. I don't know. We'll have to see. But I'm going right stuff. Um, 
Yeah, I'm going Reichstuff too. Like you said, Tristan expected to run the league, and he's he's not. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but just based off the players that are playing um, as of now, with Antonio Brown in, um, I'm going with the Reichstuff also. Yeah, and I'm with the the pack on the Reichstuff. All right, let's move on to our next matchup. We have Rothgar versus not basketball, which is I am going to call not Rothgar. <laughs> Funny enough, the NFL favorite is not Rothgar. And I agree with that. I think not basketball. I, I'm always a fan, uh, just like Matthew is, of the underdog, per se. Uh, but let me pull up the matchup, and I'll tell you why I like this one. I will say this. The NFL actually favors not basketball right now. Oh. Well, yeah, they favor not Rothgar. <laughs> right. Meaning not basketball. Get your head around that one, everybody. Uh, I don't know. Just looking at this matchup, it feels much more comfortable to me. Uh, Brandon Cooks against the Arizona defense, I don't think is going to do very well on not Rothgar. Latavius Murray, he, he goes in and out every week on what he's actually going to do. And I don't think it's going to be consistent this week in Cincinnati. And then uh, I think Seattle's going to do surprisingly well with Geno Smith under center against his defense, which is the New Orleans Saints. That's why I have not basketball winning this game. Uh, what do you got, Matthew? I'm going the other way, going with Rothgar. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers against Washington uh, and Sam Darnold against New York, they're both going to get points. Uh, but I think as you look down there, I think Brandon Cooks, who was pretty much the only target last week against the Colts, I think he gets, I think he and the new quarterback Mills are really connecting and uh, they may not win the game against the cards, but uh, the Cardinals, but I think Brandon Cooks gets points and uh uh, I don't know how Zach Ertz will do uh, in his first week there as tight end playing in Arizona, but I think Rothgar is going to do more than not basketball. I think I can't remember the beginning of this podcast before everything started. I picked um, not basketball, but I think I'm switching my answer now to Rothgar just because I don't really trust everybody like to gain the, the expected points they have on basketball's team. And just by looking at it, I think Rothgar has a better team. I think Metcalf suffers from having Geno Smith for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going Rothgar as well. I think Washington defense is not great this year. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to tear them up. You might say that Aaron Rodgers is going to carve a pumpkin out of this defense. (laughs) That was bad. It was very bad. I'm not supposed to have funny jokes. I'm just supposed to have the jokes. (laughs) They are jokes. If you You can classify them however you want. Our next matchup, we have our newly named Stars and Steel going into their second week as this team, formerly Roethlisberger Helper, against Canto Sparks. Also, this matchup will be called Stars and Sparks. Uh, The NFL favorite on this one is Canto Sparks. I think Canto Sparks handily takes this game away. Yeah, I would agree with that. Canto Sparks is going to win this one. Uh, Stars and Steel, not the best at managing their roster, shall we say. Uh, And uh, I just, I like... Tom Brady over Jalen Hurts. I like uh, a Cooper Cup. That's the one I really like. Um, I agree. Kanto Sparks is easily going to win. I mean, all of his, all of uh, starting steel starting players like from last week or that his usual starters are on buys. So I mean that uh, that affects him like extremely. I'm going with Kanto. Yeah, Brandon. I think we could uh, rename this matchup by McKinnon with uh, all these players on buy, but I uh, also picked myself there. Smart pick. You heard it here first. 
We think Kanto Sparks is going to sweep this week. That's our first, second matchup we think is going to sweep after the Reich stuff. All right, our next matchup, we have Mop Lafleur versus Clear Eyes Full Hearts, or it shall be known as Lafleur's Clear Eyes, which if you've ever looked into his eyes, you would know. <laughs> the NFL favorite for this one is Clear Eyes Full Hearts. I like Mop Lafleur on this. What do you got, Matthew? Yeah, this was a tough one when I was first looking at it because I think both Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson will get points. Um, but I think just looking through the roster, and I know that there are three Las Vegas players uh, on clear eyes, it was really tough for me to pick Mop LaFleur, but I did. I think Mop LaFleur will win this one. I am actually going opposite. Um, we we kind of said this last week where like when, uh, when he was on here, where like he has three Raiders players, he's going to switch them. I expect him to do the same thing this week where he takes one of them out and put someone else in. And I'm also, I'm going to pick a uh, clear eyes full heart just because of that. I'm hoping he switches them out. Yeah. And I went uh, clear eyes as well. I think uh, he's going to take it. You know what? I just, I have to, I have to switch to, I, I, <laughs> I picked mop LaFleur, but I've really, I really looking at these rosters the second time. I think clear eyes is going to win. I want to switch and make you the only mop LaFleur mop. That's nothing against you and your team. Um, but I do think clear eyes Full hearts will win also. Matthew, let me let me tell you something about the owner and GM of Maple Fleur. She's not gonna forget this moment. <laughs> She's you gonna better, hold this against you better me. Be watching, you better be watching your back, sleeping with one eye open, knowing whenever she crosses that state line into Illinois, she won't forget Matthew. Danger. <laughs> uh, taking a train into our next matchup, we have Sir Topham Hat versus 24 Blast, or it shall be known as 24 hat. Hat blast. Top and blast. blast. Hat blast. <laughs> I like Sir Blast. Let's go with Sir Blast. Technically, 24 Blast is the NFL favorite here by a few points, but that's because Sir Topham Hat doesn't have a kicker in. Uh, and once he puts that kicker in, it doesn't matter who the kicker is, the, his projected points will go up above 24 Blast. So for the sake of that, I'm going to put 24 Blast as the NFL favorite because we know it's going to be there very shortly. You mean Sir Topham Hat? Yes. Sir Topham Hat is currently missing their kicker in their roster. Uh, but once he puts her, his kicker in, uh, the projected points will go over the amount of 24 Blast and put Sir Topham Hat the NFL favorite. So for the sake of that, we are going to list Sir Topham Hat as the NFL favorite for this week. I did text him about it earlier and I'll read you exactly what he told me. I said, you're going to want to update your fantasy team before we put record the podcast today. He said, why? My team looks fine. I said, maybe the absence of the kicker does it for me. He said, haha, so who cares if I don't have a kicker right now? I said, I do, because I love you. And then he said, haha, I'll be fine. Only an idiot would forget to put a player in. So we'll find out if Jacob's an idiot <laughs> or not. But if he does put that kicker in, I, I think 24 Blast, that's a pretty good matchup. Uh, Tua got pretty hot last week against Jacksonville, and he's going up against Atlanta, who's in even worse defense. To me, that's the matchup that I'm going to want to see. 
and then he also has Miles Gaskin on that offense, which they're going to have a, a nice little heyday in Atlanta. So I got Sir Topham Hat winning this game. I disagree. I'm going 24 blast. I think Burrow uh, to Chase is going to be a good hookup uh, in Baltimore. I think they're going to get points. I think Derrick Henry is always a beast. And in Kansas City, he's going to continue being that beast. I think Godwin uh, from Tampa Bay over Chicago is going to get more than Patrick from Denver over Cleveland uh, and their defense. I, I think looking down through there, I'm, I'm going 24 blast on this one. Derrick Henry's always going to get at least 30 points in fantasy. <laughs> And I just expect him to, you know, tear it up. I think 24 Blast is going to win. Yeah, that's the same for me. 24 Blast and Derrick Henry is going to lead the way there. All right. Well, that wraps up week seven NFL predictions for the better than 0-15 fantasy league, which I don't think I have announced, but we have all eclipsed that moment of better than 0-15. Some people might go 1-14, but that's still better. The no one fifteen. What was it? Uh, how many weeks did it take us last year to eclipse that name? Wasn't it week 13, 12? I think it was week, yeah, somewhere <laughs> somewhere in the teens. Was it? We, <laughs> we had a real scare from Dylan. Not basketball, no, no, almost. almost cha- well, you can't, you can't fault him there. You didn't know football. <laughs> That's right. We, uh, we almost changed the league name to greater or equal to. Oh, and 14. <laughs> hey, uh, before we leave today, let's go ahead and talk about our marquee matchups this weekend in real football, the manure matchup that's not even worth tuning into, and the my oh my that might surprise us. Uh, let's start with Brandon Colmark. Brandon, what is that? Uh, well, you start with your marquee. We'll all throw out our marquee as well. Yeah, I got uh, Chiefs at Titans as my marquee matchup. Uh, these are two of, I guess, what you would consider not quite the favorite in the AFC. I still have Buffalo up there. I think it was just a weird game for them. Uh, But then Chiefs of Titans competing for one of those lower tier AFC spots. It's also the game I had for Marquis and for that same reason. And uh, if the Titans beat the Chiefs, I think it's going to get harder and harder for us to be like the Chiefs. They're going to make it. But uh, the Titans are looking strong right now. And if they beat both the Bills and the Chiefs in in back-to-back weeks, I think they're going to start to be in a conversation of, are they one of the better teams? And so uh, I, I fully expect that to be a, a marquee game. Yeah, I also picked uh, Casey at Tennessee. Full sweep, full sweep. All right, well, what about our, let's let's go to our manure game first, the one that's not even worth watching. What is your manure game of the week? Let's start with Josh on this one. Um, I picked Atlanta and Miami. I mean, like, I mean, I predicted Atlanta to go to the playoffs if Minnesota completely fails, but they need to also get their defense I guess together, but Miami is, it's always up and down. I mean, two had a good game, but like you can't expect the next thing, the same thing out of him next week. I mean, so that's why I picked it. Funnily enough, I also picked the Falcons and the Dolphins. We may sweep on this one too. I don't know. We'll see what Brandon says, but for me, yeah, two uninspiring teams, um, just uninspiring from the beginning to the end for me right now. See, that's, that's where we differ is I don't necessarily put as a manure matchup, two bad teams because two bad teams can still be a great matchup. Uh, There was a game a few years ago that I thought was going to be like a triple manure game. You should never watch it. And I think the NFL released that its viewership was the lowest game it's had in quite some time. It was the lions and the Browns. And then it went to overtime to like the final seconds of overtime. And it was actually kind of an exciting game. Uh, It surprised me when I was watching that game. Uh, But for that reason, I never put, just two awful teams. I always like my manure matchups to be some superpower team against one of those teams that no one wants to watch. Can I guess the well, one you're going to well, pick? 
I, I think you probably could, but let me ex- <laughs> let me explain a couple things and then I'll let you guess. For PR reasons, I think this is an excellent game. You have both quarterbacks and both teams were traded to the other team this offseason. One of those quarterbacks has found a lot of success with his new team, and the other quarterback uh, is still trying to figure out how to bite kneecaps on his new team. Uh, but what do you think that game is, Matthew? Well, uh, with your description there, that changed what game I thought it was. Uh, so you're going with the Rams versus the Lions, right? I thought you were going to go Cardinals versus Texans as far as a crushing, but uh, I can see your point there. The Lions are still winless. Uh, so if you're looking for a crushing and you got that, but you, but you have that Matt Stafford coming, I guess Detroit's coming to them. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, well, that, that's that's a good manure game. You say not worth watching, not going to be great. What about the my, oh my Which one's going to surprise us? Which one is a game that maybe is worth watching we might not expect from the, the front? Uh, I'll start this one since uh, you each started one before. And I am picking, yes, the Colts at the 49ers. I think that's going to be one that might be surprising in, in how good it is. Uh, hopefully the Colts win that one, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them beginning to stack these wins. They've, they've stacked a couple in a row now, and uh, they're through that five-game hard stretch. This is the, the stretch where uh, things get a little easier for them. I hope that that continues with the 49ers. That might be the toughest of these next few, but I'm going Colts 49ers. I am also going to go Colts 49ers, and I think this is a more interesting game because we've officially hit the point of the season where Kyle Shanahan's team is half injured, and <laughs> they're kind of hobbling on one leg. They're looking at making a trade with the Buccaneers. They'll give someone, and then the Buccaneers give them a peg leg so they can stand up straight. <laughs> it, it's just that kind of game. The Colts are kind of on a... I don't, the Colts have surprised me this season with the way they can stay in games and then just lose at the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we saw it with the Seahawks, which is another AFC West or NFC West team. They did surprisingly well against the Rams and then playing the 49ers. Now I think the Colts might be able to pull out a win if they can knock that peg leg out from the 49ers, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see, but it can be, and it has the potential to be a very exciting game. What do you think, Josh? I picked Cincinnati at Baltimore. Like I said earlier, it's the, um, for like after this week, it's the one who's going to like, if Cincinnati wins, they take over the mid division, but it also sets like a, not a standard, but I, I guess a standard of is Cincinnati up to the, um, up to the competition, I guess, of Baltimore. Can they win the division? Can they make it to the playoffs type of deal? That'd be a good win. And if, if they win in there and won, that would be an exciting game to be sure. All right. Well, uh, guys, uh, uh, thanks for joining us today as we talk about football, as we talk about fantasy, as we look at what we think is going to be the playoff scenario. We hope that you are making your picks too. Join us next week as we talk more football pandemic.